Welcome to Slush Fun Sports. It's a new season, same crew. We're really excited to be here, really excited to break down uh, draft day. And, and I hope you guys have late drafts and you guys didn't draft too early where all these injuries come out and, and you don't catch them in time. But if you don't know who we are, we are Slush Fun Sports. You know, we have a moniker where uh, we would like to give you all the best picks. And we're a huge DFS site. We go in, we give you the best GPP picks, we talk about the cash games, we do it all. But for today's show, we're going to be previewing everything that you need to know about this upcoming fantasy draft season. From top to bottom, we're going to go position by position. We're going to go everywhere and everything that you need to know uh, in a short amount of time. So get your pen out, get your paper out, take some notes. And if you don't, we'll email you a draft kit. So send us your email if you haven't already. But as always, we got Nick Whitelaw in the house. How we doing? Can't complain, Nick. Can't complain. And then love as and love to hear it. And we have our NBA, MLB, NFL. He's just a, a well-rounded man. We we got BK. We got Brian here with us as well. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be here. All right. Well, let's get started. How do so? Uh, how much of this podcast are we going to take up talking about the Washington football team? Is the question. <laughs> hey, however much we need, because those are important guys. <laughs> that that was our big thing last year. So we'll, you'll have to find out to see if we still like the Washington Football Club for the rest of the time. But let's start with the most important position in uh, season-long fantasy football with the running backs. Is that all right with everyone? That works. Of course. All right, so I'll kick it off by saying who do you guys like as the big, high, up-on-the-board running backs, and where do you like them uh, in terms of your draft position? Um, I'm going to start with Nick on this one, and then we'll go to BK after. Love it. Okay, so this like these first like 10 picks um, are kind of tricky because after one and two, which I'm assuming everybody's on Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, I haven't heard any sort of argument against those guys at one and two. Uh, at three through ten, that's where it gets very, very tricky. In a lot of places, Saquon Barkley could be three, Alvin Kamara could be three, Derrick Henry could be three in a PPR, non-PPR type league. So it's just really tough to look at all those guys. And I think there's one guy, maybe two, that I would take at that three position. And um, I'm not going to talk about the Giants because I feel like that's a little bit of a biased spot. So I'll remove Saquon. I'll let you two touch on Saquon and how you feel about him. Um, But to be totally honest, uh, this could be a little bit of a stretch, but I really like Zeke from that three spot. I would be willing to take him that high just because with practice, Prescott in the game, he was running at an RB2, RB3 consistently week over week. Um, what's wrong with Kamara is I'm not sure how you guys feel about him, but when Drew Brees wasn't on the field, he was almost useless. I know they're going to run him in different schemes, but to pick him number three would be really tough for someone like me to do just because he's in a whole new offense with a whole new quarterback. Um, and they're going to do different things with him that I'm just worried about Um could be a huge risk in my opinion. Uh, Derrick Henry, if you're in a PPR league, he would also be someone at three that I would look at. But if you're, you know, in a PPR league, that could be tough because he's not a guy that loves to 
be utilized in the passing game, especially with the addition of Julio Jones. He's going to get less and less uh, looks in the end zone. I know you, you have that at the one yard line, at the two yard line, you'll see him, but I'm curious to see how that Titans offense is going to run. Uh, so in terms of running backs, I really like Zeke at that three spot. I think you'd be fine with taking Henry or even Kamara, but that would be my preference. BK, what do you think? Um, see, when I think about this, I like to think about balanced offense. I, I want, I don't want my running back to be keyed on a lot. And I'm thinking Derek Henry at three to me makes a lot of sense because Julio is going to loosen up the box for him. I mean, it was already good. You know, when you had Corey Davis running with AJ Brown, he throwing Julio. I mean, that, I think it's going to loosen things up a lot for Henry, uh, for that same reason. I mean, if he can be healthy, I like Zeke, as you said, because that passing offense with Dak back could loosen up lots. And I'll tell you what about Kamara. I, you know, I'm buying Jameis. I am buying what we're mm. seeing in the preseason. I am buying the offseason LASIK surgery. And just, you know, he's offensive guru with Peyton. I, mm. I think he's going to be just fine in that offense. So, I'd say any of those three, Kamara, Henry, or Zeke, work, you know, any way of that three, four, five spot. Yeah, I mean, like, I tend to agree with you. Um, I, I think that what Nick was saying was, okay, when Breeze was off the field, well, they had essentially a running back at quarterback in Taysom Hill um, who was t- just taking direct snaps and, and running the ball. That takes away from Kamara quite a bit, and – I think Kamara is one of those guys, if, if you're in a PPR league, he's just a slam dunk. Um, you you got to go with it. And I think if I were to rank, um, you know, the, the top running backs, I would go one, McCaffrey, two, Cook, three, Saquon Barkley, four, Kamara, five, Taylor. So that's just me. I, th- I think Ooh, we could wow. also make Taylor's coming into the picture. Yeah, I think, I think that he's going to have a pretty good year this year. Um, that's just kind of my, my ranking on it. I know probably BK is going to say, uh, Nick Chubb is going to be better, but I'd like to, to know what your guys' rankings are, uh, in terms of those top end running backs. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I totally agree with one and two, uh, McCaffrey cook. Uh, personally, I love Saquon at three. I think he's also a risk coming off the ACL injury. Um, the giants are definitely in a, uh, a, Decent spot, from what I'll say, uh, being a Giants fan. I don't really know how we're going to look. A lot of it's going to depend on Daniel Jones. So uh, with that offense, you know, you got to see how Saquon's going to mesh in with those new guys. Uh, but I would still have him at three. I would probably – this is a very tough decision for me. If you're in a PPR league, I would take Zeke at four. If you're in a non-PPR league, I would take Henry at four and just flip those two for my five. BK, you're five? Okay, well, I'm gonna surprise. I'm I'm not I'm not high on Chubb for fantasy reasons. I love the guy, the real life running back, but you know, I think that offense is absolutely loaded. There's and you know, you got Kareem Hunt lurking there. So I love Chubb, but I wouldn't put him up there. So i look. So my next five I'm looking at is that we're looking at like six through ten. Is that what we're talking here? We're talking one through five, and then 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 let's transition into six through ten. I think one through five, we kind of nailed. You know, McCaffrey, Cook, top three or top two, then Kamara, Henry, or Zeke in any right. order. Let's move it to the the top six through ten. What, what what are some of the you know 
the late round one to two range um, that you guys are kind of targeting in on BK, you can start. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, yeah, I mean, Saquon, I, I'm not sure about just because I don't know if I trust Nick would know better. I don't know if I trust the Giants O line. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you know, losing Zeitler after the last year was a big loss. He's a good guard. Um, but again, Nick would know more. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm buying Taylor because that is not a good passing offense there in Indy. And you know, your left tackle there is now a 30 year old guy coming off a Achilles injury. So not know if I'm buying Taylor. I am checking the list and I'll tell you what the ETN news I'm loving Robinson uh, on Jacksonville mm-hmm. I mean look what he did last year with no quarterback and now they've got an experience a more experienced O-line that's pretty good and you've got a coach who loves the running game as a yep. buck I tell you Urban loves to run so I think Robinson is looking great this year loving Gibson you know, from the WFT. And oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, don't see about Aaron Jones either. Yeah, I know there's a lot yeah. of buzz on A.J. Dillon right now in the preseason, but Jones is your pass catching and, you know, he's a, he's a three down back. Yeah, yeah I, I see I see Dillon maybe getting short yardage runs, just giving him breaks throughout, but I see Jones the three down back up there, so. I got those three on my radar. Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I definitely like what BK said. Um, in terms of that Giants O line, we, within these last, I would say, five years, that line has not meshed very well together. Um, we're trying to add more guys consistently, but we keep changing position. And for an O line to be really good um, for a long period of time, guys have to mesh together. And I think we're, doing too much to piece that line together and you know there will be mistakes and I don't think we're going to have the best line I think we're going to probably have a an O-line ranked 25th to 32nd in the entire league so I totally get where BK's coming coming from with Saquon um and Saquon's going to rely on his athletic ability to produce and with that ACL like I said um there's a lot of upside if he's able to produce but there is a risk to it so um I totally get where he's coming from another guy that I want to look at from that six to I would say 10 range is Austin Eckler. Um, I really like this Chargers offense. I think it's going to be a a very good offense with Justin Herbert coming into his second season. I mean, the dude was a beast last year. Um, Eckler got hurt for a lot of that year. So it's still up in the air, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a really great addition to that team. And if you can snag him between I would even I would even reach him at eight but if you can get him below eight I think he's at a good value spot uh, for a season-long fantasy um, other than that I think Aaron Jones has slept on a lot every year and he always produces especially with Aaron Rodgers behind center and Devonte Adams as a major target for Rodgers it's going to open up the field for him too he's going to definitely get his touches and don't even start with Antonio Gibson I mean I'm all over him I think he's a fantastic pickup uh you know, there's a lot of articles that came out on him saying he's, you know, getting more reps. He's looking great. And Ron Rivera loves producing running backs, i.e. Christian McCaffrey. So I'm really, really excited to see how he's going to do. Um, I would say once you get to 16, I think Najee Harris, I know people love him, but I think we all got smoked last year when we took 
Clyde Edwards Lair at like between five and eight. Um, just as a rookie running back, you're taking a risk there too. Um, I necessarily would not draft him past 16, but there's some people that would take him early. So um, I'm kind of indifferent about Najee Harris. But Matt, what's going on? I think, <laughs> what do you think? I, I think I disagree with you on Najee Harris. I think he's a better running back than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I, I think he'll have a better rookie season than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did. And let, let's not forget the Steelers bit. Um, it's going to be a completely different Steelers team than what we're used to. And he's not going to have any competition and uh, to take away shares from him. So that's kind of a little bit of a difference. Well, um, also, we me. had that with Connor kind of. I kind of saw that with Connor last year, and I don't know what happened. I have no idea. Could have been like something within the team. Could have been an injury that we didn't know about. But that's what I'm worried about. I have no idea how these how Tomlin um, Tomlinson is going to run that Pittsburgh offense. But like I said, I don't disagree with him at 15. But from my personal opinion, I wouldn't take him past 16. Yeah, I, I think it, it has to do for me. It has to do with. Um, you know, who's going to be his backup and who's going to have that. And I think mm-hmm. Connors just wasn't producing. Um, I think that mm-hmm. there was just a, a certain amount of, uh, you know, floor that he's going to have. Um, and I think Najee Harris is a better running back than, than Connors is. And he's, he's more talented uh, just from a talent level. I think he's going to be one of the best running backs in the game when it's all said and done. There's your first hot take of the day. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that's just kind of my, my opinion on it. Um, I know we're kind of have some a little bit of conflictions with Tomlin and whether they're going to do, you know, in terms of the offense. But and everything that I've seen, Najee Harris has been lighting it up. Um, and, and rookie running backs are always good to take a gamble on. Um, but I, you, there's some other really good names that are still on the board. I think DeAndre Swift, we didn't really talk about him quite a bit. Um, DeAndre Swift should be in a really good position for the Detroit Lions team. That's going to be actually pretty bad this year. And, and Goff likes to hand the ball off, um, and, and they use him in different type of situations. I think he could have a pretty good year uh, and come out from a pretty good rookie season into a great sophomore year. Uh, I agree with you on Aaron Jones. Obviously, everyone and their mother should agree that Antonio Gibson is, is the best pick in that range and he's going to be a featured guy in that offense and you got to take a risk on him that's that's the most surefire thing he's less of a risk than Najee Harris he's less of a risk Mm -hmm. than DeAndre Swift he's less of a risk than Eckler uh and all these guys on the board so he's he's definitely the premier uh player to get in that position I really like Austin Eckler by the way just want to throw that out there he's in a really great position Mm um I I mean we kind of just nailed it on the head with everyone we kind of went around the board um, and said all of our our favorite picks right there. But but I gotta I gotta say um, I think DeAndre Swift is is poised for a pretty big breakout year. So when it comes to DeAndre Swift, um, right now on a lot of sites, you know he's between RB fifteen and RB seventeen. Where do you put him on your list of running backs? I personally think that that's way too low for him. And if you're able to get him at 15 to 17 range, you're going to get a good, you're going to get a good steal. Um, To me, you're not going to pick him above, you know, Najee Harris or Antonio Gibson or Saquon or Jonathan Taylor, but you should be drafting him right around, um, you know, you should be drafting him right around Clyde Edwards, Hilaire to James Robinson range. Um, He's just, he's just as up there as those guys. Um, obviously you can look at dudes like, and this is kind of going down the board, uh, and leading us into, okay, what's the larger range? 
I think he's my favorite in that larger range where if you can get him, you know, in the second, the third round, I think he would be a great pickup and he's poised for a good season. But is he more of a priority over guys like uh, Daryl Henderson or, you know, J.K. Dobbins or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? In my opinion, yes. Um, but that's that's kind of up for debate. I think DeAndre Swift is going to be the focal point of that offense, uh, and it's going to be not a great offense, and they're going to have to score a touchdown some way. And what's the best way to score a touchdown is by running the ball. So that's my philosophy on it. Um, I'm curious to hear what your guys is, you know, the the middle class running backs. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to say. Who you know the <laughs> the mid round yeah, running backs. The mid round. I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. I think. I think Nick has a pretty good gauge on this stuff, so I'll, I'll kick it off the Nick. Middle middle line. I mean, I I mean when you look at middle line, I'm looking at between RB thirteen and RB twenty. I would say yeah. right there. Um, okay, you might get on me for this, but I, I'm seriously thinking, you know, if you can get Mixon at some sort of a discount with Joe Burrow coming back, I think I think he can play well for you. I think he could hold his value all year. He's had some games last year where he put up nothing. And then he puts up a 40-burger. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's killing me. And I feel like a lot of guys can feel my pain because they had him on his bench or the bench when he did that because he did so poorly. So Joe Mix is a really hard guy to read, but I think there's no competition in that backfield. And Joe Burrow hopefully can come back stronger and we'll be utilizing him in that offense. So I think that's going to be a guy to look after. If you can get him, I wouldn't reach for him. I wouldn't take him past 20 or before 20, but I would definitely look to him after 20. If you didn't get a running back in those top couple rounds, like you decided to draft Kelsey, you decided to draft Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. um, Then I would start looking for a guy like Mixon uh, that you can take at a lower round. Um, I know past that like 20 to 25 range, you're looking at a lot of wide receivers. Um, so I think James Robinson, obviously we touched on that. He should be at minimum 20. I think he can produce a lot, especially with Travis Etienne out. Um, I think that's going to be something where he's really, really going to help that offense. And I know Trevor Lawrence, as a rookie quarterback, they're going to utilize him in basically dumping those passes off because he still needs to learn. So that's going to be a good outlet for him. Um, I also want to touch on David Montgomery. Uh, I'm not too high on him. So if you guys like him, I would have you talk about it. Um, Miles Sanders, that's a tough one too. Um, I'm kind of indifferent, but I do really like Dobbins and Carson. Um, I think Carson just needs to stay healthy and I think he beats his ADP. Um, and I think JK Dobbins is going to do really well this year. I know a lot of those running backs that try committee, I think it was, is dying down. So he's going to have a lot of those snap counts. So um, with that, BK, what, what are you thinking? Man, uh, not a lot to add. You covered a lot there, Nick. Uh, <laughs> love the Dobbins call. Um, yeah. Baltimore's O-line got better. We know what, what Jackson can do on the ground. So I think Dobbins steps up big time. I think he's going to be a great value in these mid-rounds. Um. I don't know if I missed something here with the Raiders, but I kind of like Josh Jacobs. I think he, you know, there. I, I think they lost some linemen, but I mean, Jacobs just produces. You know, he, he's come in last couple of years and done a real nice job. Good average rush. Um, I'm not sure if Gruden screws around with his carries or what, but I, I think Jacobs is really strong in this area. 
I would I'd probably bump Swift down to DeAndre Swift to this mid round area. You guys talked about him last segment, but I think he's more in this uh, this grouping just because that Lions passing game is going to be atrocious. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> oh yeah. If he can catch some balls out of the backfield, great, but he's going to see some eight-man boxes, I think, a lot going forward. Um, I'd put Harris in this, this grouping just because of volume. He's going to get all the volume. But I'll tell you guys, you know, being a Browns fan, you know, being aware of Pittsburgh, that O-line was awful last year, and they got worse in the offseason. And, you know, Big Ben's arm is – he's a noodle now. He's not throwing a big downfield. So, you're going to see a lot of crowding against Pittsburgh. So, Najee gets it for the volume, but I'm not expecting big numbers, you know, in terms of averages from him. I think this is the tier to get him, not the higher one. So, that's that's kind of where I'm staying in this middle so with that being said, let's let's go into the best of the rest and some late round flyers. Um, is there anyone that you can think of, BK, that sticks out to you that we haven't mentioned so far that that you might want to take a a gander at? Um, I know I have mine, and I've been saying it all since last season, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll live on that sword. Oh, I already know that who that edge. is. So, uh, <laughs> BK, who do you got as a late round flyer? I have an idea where you're going, so I'll, I'll save it if you don't mention it <laughs> later. Once you have the glory, yes. I'm reading some good buzz about is uh, Javante Williams out mm-hmm. in Denver. And you've got, you know, I know Lindsey, you know, as well out there, and would be of Gordon getting up there in age. I have read just great things about Javante Williams. They love him out there. That is an explosive offense. If Drew Locke has the accuracy. Or if they they put in Bridgewater, you can get down the field. But I'll tell you, from playing a little college football DFS last year, Javante, he, he scores touchdowns. He just produces. So I think that's a great guy to take a flyer on. Um, if you're not sold on Aaron Jones, there's definitely buzz on A.J. Dillon up there in Green Bay. And I – that's a – out where I'll go, I would not want to draft the Patriots running back because who knows what they're going to do, you know, with their committee up there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's, I think the running game will be strong. It's a matter of who gets it. But yeah, I, yeah, that's that would, I think Williams and, uh, William and who did I say? The other one? I'm blanking, guys. Who did I just talk about besides? Ah. Uh, I would. Yeah, I'd say. Oh, it was it was a guy. It was that was a flyer. Um, I I don't recall the name because I haven't really heard of him. I know he was a. You were talking about a DFS monster, but um, like I said, that was <laughs> that's a name. <laughs> um, like I said, I didn't um, I didn't necessarily recall. Um, I think you and, just only talked about Javante Williams, if I remember correctly. And I mentioned AJ Dillon also. AJ uh, Dillon, that's who it was. Yeah. I heard the Javante Williams, and I had to go and Google the name. To be honest yeah, with you. Guys, I'm gonna say I'll say one more, then I'll keep my piece for this for this section. Is uh, up in Buffalo, man, Zach Moss. I like Moss a lot. I know Singletary's been a workhorse. I think they're gonna try to divide it up more, and I could easily see Moss outplaying him and maybe, you know, going higher in the pecking order as the year goes on. That's that's an explosive offense, and you know Moss is the younger, fresher legs. 
So I would not be opposed to get a shot on Zach Moss. I also have a, a little piece of information on Zach Moss. Apparently he put on 30 pounds, uh, which that, that's oh, crazy in a shorter amount of time. That's that's what the rumor is. He put almost 30 pounds on. So I think he's, he's gearing up to be the workhorse. Um, so I, I like that call, BK. Nick, who do you got? Yeah, um, I'll also say I, I like Michael Carter uh, on the Jets. Um, once you're getting in those later rounds, I think he's, you know, based on volume, I feel like he's the guy <laughs> on the Jets. Not saying much, but, you know, you're pulling, you know, an RB1 in the later rounds. I would highly recommend doing that. Um, another guy I'm looking at that, you know, I might be taking this from you, Matt. I'm not sure if you'll touch on him, but I do like Mostert. Uh, in that late round, if he can stay healthy, um, I know he'll be competing with Sermon, but still, I, I that dude is just so good when he's on the on the court or not on the court. <laughs> We're passing basketball on the field. He's just so fast and he just scores. He loves those big play touchdowns, um, and I think that's a guy to take a risk on late in the draft. Uh, one more and last one I wanted to touch on is Philip Lindsay. I'm pretty sure he's the featured back in Houston, um, and if you're getting him at an ADP of between 80 and 100. I think that's a great deal um, when you're picking a guy like that. He's also most likely going to be the RB1 on that squad. Yes, not necessarily saying they're going to be great, but you know they're going to need to give the ball to someone. Uh, and I think he's definitely going to be one of those guys that Watson looks to. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's actually one of the guys that I was going to touch on. Um, you didn't get me with Mostert. I think Mostert, there's a lot of hmm. uh, there's a lot of buzz around the 49ers running backs, and for good reason. I, I kind of want to avoid the uh, RB by committees uh, a bit. You know, it's it's like they they got Jeff hmm. Wilson Jr., they got Mostert, they got Trey Sermon now. There's that's mm-hmm. a crowded backfield, so I'm not as hot on him I, I obviously i'm a little bit of a niners bias but uh, that's just me but my my guy that i was going to touch on a little bit before i get into my math super sleeper of the draft or and you should just get this guy um but i, I just want to touch on philip Lindsay. i think philip Lindsay is actually incredibly talented that never got the opportunity in denver so him getting an opportunity in houston uh makes me feel pretty good about drafting him um, that was going to be one of the guys I wanted to touch on. I think he's going to get all the volume he can handle. So that that's someone that I'd like to look to. But Matt's super sleeper that you have to go and get. You have to, have to, have to. It's Miles Gaskin. I've been saying it forever. <laughs> I've been saying it forever. I said it all of last season if you listen to the podcast. I was a huge fan of Miles Gaskin from the beginning. Um, I thought he was really talented coming out of Washington. I think he's in a great opportunity with the Miami Dolphins where he's going to become the featured back. Uh, look, like you're going to kick yourselves if you don't draft Miles Gaskin or you don't put, you know, some time and effort. And if you go in and you get Miles Gaskin and Antonio Gaskins in the draft, you should go out okay. and feeling yeah. pretty good about yourself, you know? <laughs> so I, I'm all over Miles Gaskin. That's my super, super sleeper. You must have. Uh, Kanye gut feeling all you can. I'm going to talk about Miles Gaskin well, for the rest of the time. So, let's well, just... I will say, Matt, you you know what? I'm giving you some praise here. You were taking Miles Gaskin when he was well over in the like 150 to 200 ADP last year, and in fantasy or DFS when he was what 
<laughs> minimum price. Yeah, so min price. Now, now he's in the ADP of I would I would say between sixty and seventy. So he's already heavily increased as a player uh, for that Dolphin squad. So you know what? I would I'm I'm all in if you're in. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all in. I was all in on Swiss <laughs> Gaskin last year. So just imagine <laughs> that what I'm feeling this year, but. Um, I think that that we covered pretty much the running backs position. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't have any other names. I think Chase Edmonds is going to be in a, a running back by committee kind of thing with Connor. Yeah, with so Connor. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid him. I know he's a very popular choice for people, um, but I'm going to avoid him. So without further ado, let's move on. We got through the lion's share of fantasy, unless anyone else has anything else to say. Uh, about the running back position, I think it's time to close that book uh, yeah. and open up the next book. You know, Matt, there is one guy I forgot to mention that piques my interest just um, basically because of his, his quads. What about Mike Davis in Atlanta? Oof. Yeah. I, I, Mike I, Davis, I, AJ Dillon, all quad NFL first team. Okay, let's just throw, <laughs> let's, let's pick, you know, Saquon first. AJ Dillon. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Mike, Mike Davis, and we just take the NFL quality. I think that's a good call. I think I think Mike Davis, we did forget about him. Uh, I'm curious to see how much of a difference we're going to get Mike Davis with Todd Gurley uh, and how much they kind of flip-flop between those two. Because uh, he's still on the roster, if I remember correctly. I know people are, are hot on Davis. Unless, unless I missed something. Is Todd Gurley still with uh, Atlanta? Uh, you know, I'm not – Check it real fast, but if he is, he's not. He's going to be the number two, I think. The money they spent. I, got, I don't think so. Yeah, you got I, Arthur. I, yeah. And you had the guy that, you know, he was, you know, Derrick Henry's coordinator for years. So this guy has no problem running the ball. And yeah, Gurley's out. Gurley's out? He's, he's, not, he's not on that team. Not on the uh, he's a free agent. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, then Mike Davis. Yeah, we got to touch on Mike Davis. I thought Gurley was still on the team. Wow, that just shows you how prepared I am going into this. This is why (laughs) we're doing this, so that we can get prepared and you can get prepared at the same time. Um, But, yeah, I think that that kind of wraps up the running back position. Anyone else? I think we got it. I think we got it. Mike Davis to close it off, huh? Um, All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Uh, this to me, like if, if I'm looking at like a season long draft strategy, I'm trying to draft as many running backs as I can in the beginning. Um, I usually don't draft these big name wide receivers in the beginning of drafts. It's not really my style to do. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to let, I'm going to lean on you guys a little bit for these early round, uh, type wide receivers that are going to get a ton of volume. Um, I will start it off by saying, uh, if you're going to draft Tyreek Hill, you might as well draft. Mahomes and stack them with Kelsey. If you can get all three of those in the first like three rounds, it's that'd possible. be kind of an that that'd be kind of an interesting like formula for a team is just stack the Chiefs offense. So um, I know he's number one, but where you guys rank the the beginning of the wide receiver groups? Uh, I'll kick it off to BK because we let Nick go first last time. Okay, I'm um, just looking at these these ADPs and these rankings and. I actually, I, I, I am buying all the Calvin Ridley stock that I can. I, wow. I, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's, I mean, I think he's ready to run the show all, you know, all by himself. I think he'll, he'll step up to it. He's got a creative offensive coordinator now. 
that's running things down in Atlanta. And you know something else about Ridley I like too. I'm looking at his schedule. His bye week is in the sixth week. So get that bye out of the way early and just just you know cut him loose, let him go. You know I think uh, I think he's in for a huge year, and I'm buying all that Ridley stock. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, then from there, I mean you got you know Devontae Adams. Obviously, is you know way up. Stephon Diggs, you know, come on down. I mean, I think those are your clear top three. And you mentioned Tyreek; he's great, but they got a lot of a lot of mouths to feed there in Kansas City. So, you know, you never know three touchdowns in a week or just you know go six for ninety, no touchdowns. So, I mean, he's he's great, but I think your other those top three guys: Adams, Diggs, Ridley. Those are your prime time performers in those offenses. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I kind of said that as like a way of being like, hey, hey, what if you just stacked? You know, you play a stack and you get some good running backs later on, like Gibson. I don't know. That's just what one way of like a an off the wall kind of way of thinking. But um, I really like. I, I'm not good with the wide receiver early on, so I I, I don't do the that kind of a draft strategy. Um, I don't know about you guys, but. To me, like these front end guys, I would prioritize, you know, the tenth running back where as you know, over someone like Calvin Ridley, to be honest. Um, but I'll let Nick touch on who he likes for wide receiver. Um, and then I can round it out with the top five and we'll go from there. So yeah. Nick, who do you like? Yeah. Um, so I kind of like you, Matt. Um, I'm not a huge fan of drafting receivers in the first round. The only guy that I would even look at is Devontae Adams in the first round. If you're in a 12-team league and you're number 12 and he has not been taken, I would suggest taking him um, just because you're getting a great value there in receiver. I think he's he's been very, very good. We know he was fantastic last season. Um, and this season, it's a very similar offense. Um, and you know Rodgers is going to look to him. And I think something that people aren't looking at, it's a contract year for Devontae Adams. So he is going to need to produce this next season if he wants big money. And I know he did really well last season, but it's happened before where guys have done really well the season before they don't do as well that season and they don't get as much money as they want. So I think that that definitely factors into his year long play. Um, but I'm with you guys. I'm not a big fan of drafting a wide receiver in the first round, especially when you have a plethora of running backs to choose from and all of the I see doing, doing pretty well. Um, other than that, I've never been a fan of Tyreek Hill. Um, just because there are so many mouths to feed on Kansas City. And I think Andy Reid loves to play the game, like against the opponent. He doesn't just run. They don't just run their offense. I've seen Tyree Kill put up 50. I've seen him put up five. Um, but I know he, he does like to get in the end zone. Um, I just can't get on board with someone with, you know, at least a receiver that has an ADP above him on the same team. I would categorize Kelsey as basically a receiver that can block. <laughs> but other than that, I really like the Ridley, uh, the Ridley play. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I would personally take him over Diggs uh, just because I think he's always doubted, at least these last two years, that dude's just an unguardable receiver. Um, not many people can guard him and he's done really well. So I, I really like him if you can get him out of steel. Um, and let's say you drafted a running back, a really good running back. There's a couple wide receivers. You know, I would go with Ridley or Hopkins in that round. 
Um, I, I just, I like Diggs. I just haven't seen him consistently be a top receiver. Last year was his best year. So I want to see what he's going to do this year before I can really devote to giving him a second round pick or 16 overall, especially if I'm in a bigger league where every first pick matters. So um, that's my take. I would say throw it back to you, Matt, to give me your top five. Yeah, my, my top five, I'd probably go number one, Devontae Adams. Um, number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Number three, Calvin Ridley. And then uh, from there, I, I think that I would probably say that this is going to be another one of those hot takes, but I'd go number four, Terry McLaurin. Um, I know mm-hmm. Eddie's very proud. And then five, Tyreek Hill. Um, to me, I think Tyreek Hill is interesting if you're able to pair him with Mahomes. If not, then I mm-hmm. wouldn't want him as my you know number one receiver because – it's just basically like you're stacking an offense that's going to throw the ball and get touchdowns. And so anytime Mahomes scores, you get double the points if you have Hill. Mm. Um, so it's just, just kind of the way that I was looking at it. Um, I'll kick it off with some mid-round dudes. Um, you know, I, I know people are hot on A.J. Brown, and I know people are hot on Justin Jefferson, but I kind of like their counterparts later on in the draft more than them to uh, at where they're sitting right now. I, I like Adam Thielen later in a draft uh, and getting him as opposed to going out and getting Justin Jefferson. And, and I'd rather get Julio Jones um, later on than get A.J. Brown. But I, I don't know if you guys kind of agree with me uh, and where you guys sit um, in terms of, of what you're thinking, but I prioritize some of these later round dudes. Uh, and the same goes for C.D. Lamb. You know, it's like I'd, I kind of would rather get Amari Cooper later on uh, and take take a risk rather than trying to go after a, a hot hand situation. Um, there's one clear cut that I would say uh, has an opportunity to to rise uh, way more than he was last year, and that's Allen Robinson for me. I think that whoever they put at quarterback is going to be throwing the ball. It, it's, if it's Justin Fields, it's Justin Fields. If it's Andy Dalton or if it's Foles, someone's going to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw the ball. This Bears offense is going to be good. Uh, as opposed to what they were last year because um, they did upgrade their quarterback position so heavily, um, and those upgrades are going to show this year. So I love Allen Robinson, and I think he is well beyond – I think he should be ahead of, um, you know, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, to be honest. But that's just me. Where do you guys sit on on that aspect? Um, I'll kick it over to uh, Nick because I let BK go last time. <laughs> Yeah, so um, first off, I'll go over the rankings um, of the five. Um, then we'll go into the middle rounds a little bit. I would definitely say number one is Devontae Adams. Um, I would totally agree. I think Hopkins is two. Uh, I would probably put Ridley at three. Um, I would definitely look uh, – that's a tough one. I would go Diggs at four just because of uh, he's going to be the featured guy. Tyreek Hill at five. But, you know, I think can very well creep up in that top five, if not take over a guy in that top five, is Keenan Allen. Um, I think throughout this fantasy season or last fantasy season, he was between a wide receiver five and wide receiver six in terms of points. I think this Chargers offense is only going to get better. And he always finds his catches. Always. Herbert loves him. And I think that he's going to really be featured this year. Uh, I think the Chargers can very well win 10 to 11 games. And a lot of them are going to be higher scoring games. I think I personally think the Chargers are a little bit of a worse offense than Kansas City. But I think they're a high-powered offense. 
Um, that's definitely going to be a, a hotter take. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I'd love Keenan Allen to creep up. Obviously, Scary Terry is going to be great, <laughs> um, but I really, really like Keenan Allen to jump into that top five range. Um, another guy I'm looking at, obviously, there's a lot of hype on CD Lamb. I just think, I mean, Amari Cooper, if he could stay healthy, I mean, that was their number one guy the whole time. So I think it's going to be interesting to see Amari Cooper versus CD Lamb, what's going to happen, who's going to be the guy. Um, but you can get Amari Cooper way lower than CD Lamb, and he has the opportunity to be that number one guy in Dallas. Um, I also agree with Matt. I think Adam Thielen, I'm not sure why he's so low. People are saying because he's touchdown dependent. Um, you know, if Justin Jefferson ends up taking that wide receiver one spot, look out for Thielen because he's going to get a lot of looks because I've not seen Justin Jefferson against the top corners in the league. And I don't think he's better than a lot of these top corners. I don't think he can route, uh, run routes better than them. I don't think he can outjump them or outplay them. So I'm very curious to see if Justin Jefferson moves to that wide receiver one spot and Adam Thielen two, or if it's the same as last year. So it's going to be interesting to see those receiver cores play out. BK, what do you think? So I've kind of been stewing on this for a little bit since, you know, your guys' philosophy on these top receivers versus running backs. And the more I look on this list, we've got so many receivers that are in great duos that you know, we're talking about. We mentioned the Vikings guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, about DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you know, A.J. Green is there now. They love Rondell Moore. Um, I said, look at the Rams. I mean, Cup and Woods are going to be huge there. Beckham and Cleveland and all the Dallas guys. So you got a lot of these these receivers in that mid group that from week to week, who knows who's going to be the alpha. That's why I kind of wonder, you know, the draft philosophy is do you take a clear alpha receiver knowing how many good running backs there are you can get in the second, third, fourth rounds? So I've just kind of been chewing on that, you know, because it's mid tier. It's, Really hard to separate. I love the Keenan Allen call. He's the clear alpha. He's got two things going for him. Another year of Herbert, Anthony Lynn is gone. So that's – I love the Allen call. I love the McLaurin call. Um, I, you know, I think Woods or Cup, if you can get them both great, if you get one, I think you're fine because that offense is going to throw. You know, the running backs are a mess right now. McVeigh finally has a big-armed, strong quarterback. I think either one of those Rams receivers is going to be in for a huge year this year. Could be both. Um, yeah, I think either Tampa receiver, take your pick, Evans or or Godwin. I, I think either way you're fine. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I sit. I think after those top four or five wide receivers – you really can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. kind of to touch on, on your point there, like who, who do we analyze as the, the clear alphas there's that is going to get the bulk of target shares that doesn't have anyone to share with. Um, I mean, who are those guys that you would want to target BK, would it be, I mean, like, who, who else on this list? Because, you know, we, we looked at the kind of the duos and the pairings, mm-hmm. but there's some people on this list that aren't going to get, you know, that are going to get the majority of throws. Like, wh- where would you prioritize someone like DJ Moore that's not going to have 
anyone around him and, and is going to have Sam Darnold throw into it. Where, where would you prioritize At, him over the duos? In, in the middle because he's got Robbie Anderson there. That's and true. Anderson, Anderson is good, and he's got chemistry with Darnold in the jump reading, you know, the correlation there is strong with those two. You know, Anderson with Darnold on and off the field in New York. So, like, I, I wouldn't put it as more much higher. I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking Allen is way up there in this group. My God, if the Bears just please start Justin Fields, God, <laughs> Robinson gets enough. To, I mean, Dalton's there to get his ass kicked for a week or two. Part of my language, but it, it's going to be field show before we know it. And if that's the case, yeah, love the Robinson play. Um, I think DJ Chark is something to keep an eye on too, way down there in Jacksonville. Um, I mean, I think Chenault is good, but I think Chark is the is the number one down there. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of the alphas, I think, in this group. And, and like I said, Woods or Cup, take your pick. Either one is going to – they're both going to have jeers. So I love that, yeah. Take them. Yeah. Um, I was going to add to that. Uh, I do see maybe one more alpha. Um, you guys can agree or disagree on this, but I seriously think Kenny Galde is an alpha in New York right now. Um, Sterling Shepard's good, but I don't think he's the caliber that Kenny Galladay is. Um, I know we saw him play very, very well, but it's what I'm worried about for Kenny Galladay, if you're going to take him in those 50s, is Daniel Jones. You know, the, those New York receivers just were so up in the air last year uh, with Sterling Shepard, with Darius Slayton, with obviously our favorite Evan Ingram, <laughs> Mr. Butterfingers. Um, but I think they got a new receiver in town, and I think, you know, at, at least more of an alpha than a, a lot of these guys are. So I think you could really look at Kenny Galladay, you know, look into the Giants offense, you know, who are they going to feature? And I think he's going to be one of those because Saquon is definitely going to get his bulk, but – you just don't know how Judge is going to utilize him coming off that ACL injury. So I think they might go past heavy for at least the first game, maybe. I'm hoping just so Saquon can, you know, kind of run into it nicely and smoothly. Uh, but I think all they, you know, got to look at him at least in a couple drafts. I mean, I actually really agree with you on Galladay. I, th- I think that you hit the nail on the head. and There's no bias coming from you um, being a New York Giants fan. It's, and I think you know, I think you were premature on Daniel Jones' call last season. <laughs> I think this season it's a little bit different, and we can segue in the quarterbacks later. But um, I, I, I think to me, if you're looking at this list, there's you have we we really went to like two names that are really the the main guys uh, on the team that don't have a whole lot of dependency. And and, and to me, it's like Devonte Adams uh, mm-hmm. and Terry McLaurin. Keenan Allen and um, Allen Robinson. Those are the four names of guys that are not going to have anyone around them that is going to share that we foresee right now. And th- outside add, of those, add Diggs, and Diggs, yeah, and Diggs, Diggs. and Ridley. Yeah. So six. There's six names. If you can get any one of those six names, like you're set. You go get two running backs mm-hmm. and one of those six names. Like you, you have the winning formula right there. So. That's where I'm going to kind of kind of look and then look to get, you know, a supplemental piece, uh, uh, the second half of a duo, so to speak, because I don't know if you do paid attention to last season, even though we had like a massive game out of Justin Jefferson, 
Adam Thielen was just as good as Jeff, Justin Jefferson was in terms of in, in touchdown dependency. I, I think it's just such a, a stupid rhetoric, but that, that's mm-hmm. just my kind of I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. He's touchdown dependent. I'm like, well, then who's going to score touchdowns? Because in red zone <laughs> situations, Adam Thielen gets the ball. So Justin yep. Jefferson. Any pass, they usually will target Thielen. If, Devon, uh, if Dalvin Cook is not getting the ball, I never see Jefferson a lot um, in the end zone. I think he, he's a more of a big play receiver. So I think, you know, the pe- for the people saying uh, Thielen's so touchdown dependent, I think Jefferson is big play dependent and uh, PPR dependent. Like, he, he might get a lot of um, looks, but I think, you know, he scores a lot of his points off of, you know, 20, 30-yard catches from what I've seen. And once you get into that end zone, that's all ceiling. So I'm just really interested to see what's going to happen. But I'm on the other way. I'm on I'm on ceiling over Jefferson, definitely. Yeah, I think that that's a good call. Well, I think we pretty much went through all the good wide receiver names and the mid-round options. Is there any sleepers that you guys have? Uh, before you oh, throw it yeah. on in the, the quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, uh, Go Nick, for it, you BK. Do it. No, Nick, you sound ruined. Okay. So I don't want to hold you back. Okay. Um, I'm not sure You know how you guys are thinking. Right now, he's the number one receiver on his team. And his ADP is 150 as a wide receiver. And that's Marquez Callaway. Michael Thomas is out. I'm, I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Who do they have? He's their only guy right now <laughs> in a very gunslinging offense. Like, Jameis Winston loves to throw that ball deep. And I think if you get a guy at 150, I don't think he's going to go 150. Um, I think he'll go maybe, you know, 130. But come on, that's like almost the 10th round for some teams or for some drafts. Like, that's a no-brainer in my opinion. I think that's a guy that can come out and really make a difference on your team, at least in the first couple of weeks, just because he's really the only guy on that receiving court. So um, if I were to pick like one guy in those deep, deep rounds, I really like Marquis Callaway. Um, I, you know, not a lot of guys I'm seeing. I know, you know, I'm not sure if I'm taking any of your guys, but Jameson Crowder could be a guy to look at. Um, because he was the number one in New York for so long. So I would, you know, get those two. Oh, boy. Those are some good sleepers on my end. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm going to disagree with you on Crowder. I, I don't think he's the number one anymore. I think it's Corey Davis, and that was my leading into my uh, sleeper guy there. And I, I think Corey Davis is going to be a breakout kind of caliber player where he was actually really talented on the Titans, and people kind of slept on him. Uh, in terms of his talent, but they they were loved his fantasy production. I think Corey Davis is going to be that guy that is in the sleeper position. He's going to have a good time, and I I think the the chemistry between uh, him and the the new quarterback that they got over there, the young baby face Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson out of BYU. Uh, shout out to Zach Wilson's mom; she did a good job in raising him. So I, I think that he's going to be a good. Uh, I think he's going to be a good addition to that team. Yeah, real um, quick, real quick. I'm not saying that Corey Davis is not the best receiver. I personally love him, but I'm saying as, you know, a guy that's deep, don't overlook Jamison Crowder because he was the guy. Um, you never know what they're going to do, but I think he could get his look. But go back. Go for it, Matt. We could, we could debate this all day, but 
you know what? That's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, we. It's not. It's not a podcast if me and Nick don't debate something. Like, give me Corey <laughs> Davis, man. Give me, and Mims too. Mims is on that team. Yeah, I, I don't know if we have a clear cut Jets receiver that's going to be the guy yet. Mm-hmm. And um, but to me, it's like I think the first couple, the first week at least, from a DFS perspective, I want uh, Schultz on Jacksonville Jaguars with um, Chark being kind of banged up right now. So I think that that's kind of an interesting. Uh, topic of conversation is Jacksonville, but uh, I'm going to leave that for DFS times. That was my main <laughs> sleeper that I had. Um, obviously, if you can get a guy like, um, uh, I know people are down on Debo Samuels, but don't be down on Debo Samuels. You get you go and get him. He's still a really great receiver. They're going to pass the ball. Maybe not as much as last year. People are assuming that Ayuk is the main guy. But we forgot that Debo Samuel was out for pretty much all of last year. So um, if he's back and his hamstrings healthy, I think he's a good sleeper as well. Yeah. BK, BK, who you got? You know, I think when we're looking in this deep sleeper round, we're looking at top receivers on bad teams. Teams are going to be going to be behind a lot. Teams are going to be throwing the ball a lot. So are we talking, you know, Brandon Cooks over there on Houston? Going to be behind a lot. Uh, pick a Bengals receiver. They're going to be behind a lot. You know, do you like T. Higgins? Do you like Jamar Chase? You know that college connection. Uh, do we like Devontae Smith over there in Philly? You know they're going to be behind a lot. I think this is where you're looking right now. You're considering looking at teams that are not going to be good. That the ball will be in the air. I'll give I'll give you a name. And I'm a little biased from this time of the Browns a couple of years ago. Rashard Perryman up there in Detroit might be their top receiver. And I think I feel like he's been good. He was good with the Jets last year, you know, under the radar. He might be the number one receiver in Detroit, and they're going to be throwing a lot because they're going to be behind by a lot. So I think that's kind of where you're looking for your deep sleep. Look, look to bad teams that are needing to put the ball up in the air. And yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to burst your bubble also, Nick. I, I don't think that will last nearly as long as you think he will. After last night, no, I think Callaway shoots up the draft boards on the receiver. <laughs> yeah, um, I also I also wanted to point out one more thing. Um, when it comes to um, rookie receivers or sophomore receivers, now that we're rookies, I read a really cool stat somewhere. Um, sorry, I can't give credit because I forget who it was, but um, sophomore receivers in drafts where they are in ADP of between rounds five and eight have always beaten their ADP that following year. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a top 10 receiver, but it means they are going to beat their ADP aside from injury. Um, a couple of those guys to look at are LaVisca Sinault. Uh I'm pretty sure. Let me just. Hmm? Um, I was going to say also Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, and I am also one more down here is up. Oh, no, not seeing another one. Um, but those were the guys to look at. If you were going to look at anyone, um, I would also maybe add Marquise Brown to that, but I know that's a big debate with him, but if you can look at those four guys, I, I think those are solid picks too. Not necessarily major sleeper picks, but solid picks if you can get them. Yeah. I, I love the Judy call. I mean, they have, they yeah. have some out feed there in Denver, but, Man, if Drew Locke can get his act together, 
fish. I don't know. Or if they, you know, if it's Bridgewater, who's accurate, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I, I think if it's Bridgewater, you can get some stuff out of Judy. Locke is going to be a wild for all those guys if he ends up being the starter. Yeah. Um, but I will say, uh, BK, I know you're telling me Callaway might not hit that 150 ADP. If you were to take him in a draft, what number would you take him at? Um, just for people, you know, listening in, like, hey, you know, uh, if he's not going to go 150, I know I'm going to have to take him early before his ADP. Where's a good spot to take him? Would you say? If we're thinking like a 12, like a 12 person draft, 12 person league. Yeah, let's go 10 to 12. I'm thinking you might need to get him in the sixth or seventh round. Mm. Looking in that, I don't know, anywhere from yep. 60 to 80 range. Yeah. And I think you got to look at what receivers you're drafting too. Like if you're running back heavy, I think he's a fantastic guy to get in that, you know, 80 range. Or I would even say, you know, below that, you know, 70, maybe even 60s. Um, if you're running back heavy to start, if you're wide receiver heavy, heavy then you might want to draft him later in that eighth, ninth round. So I totally agree. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up from the wide receiver perspective, unless you guys have anything else. I think it's, it's time to, to go and, uh, and get through these quarterbacks and tight ends. I know we're, we're up to an hour right now, so but we got the meat and potatoes out of the way. Let's get to the dessert. Um, who do you guys think is – well, I think that the best way to go is like, where do you rank the top five quarterbacks? Um, and I know everyone's number one is Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and the debate begins at two to the five. Who, who, who do you got there? Um, BK. Two to five. Okay. Love me some Josh Allen. I, I think he's number two. I think that dual threat. I'm all, I'm all in on dual threat quarterbacks. So I think Allen's your number two. Um, I'm gonna go Kyler number three. Let's see four. I you never know with uh, P. Carroll, but if we can let Russ cook, I think Russ is number four. If we trust Carroll, I don't know if I do or not. And then I'll go Lamar Jackson five. Pretty solid. I I, I like that one. Nick, who do you got? Yeah, um, I don't think you can go wrong with. Patty Mahomes at one. Um, I, you know, I just love Josh Allen. Love everything about him. Um, I don't know if I'll be picking either of them because I know those QBs go fast. Um, my whole decisions with QBs is if you can get them at a steal, take them. But I'm not reaching for a QB in rounds one, two, three, four, five, maybe six. Um, so I'm always looking for quarterbacks later in the round. Um, but if I want to name the top five that I think will go off the board first, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes. It's definitely Josh Allen. I would also say Kyler Murray would be third off the board. Um, I, I think people might be reaching for Dak this year. Um, I know a lot of people like him, but I would put Lamar Jackson in front of him at four, Dak at five. Um, quarterbacks that I'm really looking for, and I think the top quarterback that I'm going to be after in my fantasy football draft is Justin Herbert. I just absolutely loved him. <laughs> I think he's going to be a beast. Um, I think he's going to jump into that QB five spot. And this is another really cool statistic. Um, every quarterback, at least, you know, the last two years, um, I would even say three years, including Patrick Mahomes, um, finished as QB one or at least QB one or two were drafted past 80. So if that's something for you, like Patrick Mahomes back in 2018, 
Lamar Jackson, we obviously know, was basically waiver wire pickup, and Josh Allen was also in that ADP of 100. So um, I think that's something to look for. I know Justin Herbert, depending on how people like him, are in that range, and I know there's some other guys to look at too. But, Matt, I don't want to steal everything, so go for it. Now, this is one of the rare times where Nick and I agree. And I think me and, me and Nick, we disagree on a lot of different players. But when it comes to strategy, we both have a similar kind of mindset. I don't draft the top five quarterback. I don't. I don't. The top five quarterbacks are, are out there. They're you know going to be the late-round flyers. They're not going to be ones on this list that, that we're expecting. Um, you know, this top five list is not going to end up being the top five for the season. It's just how mm-hmm. it ends up being. Um, to me, obviously, it's like if you can get Patrick Mahomes, go and get Patrick Mahomes and get Hill or pair him with him and Kelsey. You know, th- don't go in and, and get just Patrick Mahomes. I think that that's a mistake um, that a lot of people make. You want to go and get the little extra extra boost. And, and you're looking at, you know, the number one tight end, the number one receiver, according to certain draft boards. You've got to go and get Patrick Mahomes and one of the other two. So if you're going to draft Patrick Mahomes, get one of those other guys if you're not then don't get him um josh allen's amazing it's it's very clear to see he was the number one guy last year um at certain points uh, besides patrick Mahomes, but he he deserves um just as much credit i think kyler murray underperformed last year but with the additions that he has at wide receiver he's going to end up uh being up there he might even surpass josh allen for this next season i think he's he's going to take a leap um, especially with that really good defense that they have um, in getting J.J. Watt. I think, I think it's going to prevent him from being on the field as much. But um, to me, the, the weapons that they put around him and the running game that they've added, it's just going to give him more to work with. Lamar Jackson, to me, is it's always a safe bet, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go and get him. But I think he's going to slip um, behind you know, Allen and, and Kyler Murray in drafts. Uh, and, and he's going to be a perfectly fine option. Uh, to me, I would avoid Dak Prescott at, at all costs. I know he's back and, and everything, and he's got a, this talented wide receiver core and whatnot, but to me, I would avoid Dak Prescott. I don't know what he's going to have his mobility, whether his arm's going to be intact um, after taking all that time off and, and having such a devastating injury. I, I don't know how much uh, I can trust in him. Um to me, Russell Wilson is a safer bet than Dak Prescott, uh, especially because he's got the same core coming back. Um, but outside of those top five, I mean, I'll kick it off and, and we can kind of just start speed rounding it. Um, you know, outside of those top five, I, my favorite quarterback outside the top five is Matthew Stafford. I'm going to go out on a limb there, and that's a hot take. Uh, this Rams offense is going to be really good, and Matthew Stafford is actually a really talented quarterback who has been given absolutely – terrible players to work with over the last couple of years um, outside of Kenny Galladay and outside of Megatron he really hasn't had much to work with so to me I think you know Matthew Stafford with this new offense in the McVay system with all these weapons him being 12 on certain draft boards uh, in terms of overall quarterback rankings just seems kind of low and also I mean we kind of forget that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and they pass the ball a ton. And they, they have the same crew. They got the same coordinator. They got the same offense. Why is he seven? You know, why, why are we seeing him uh, down there? I think Aaron Rodgers has always slept on. Um, and to me, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I know 
people are going to sit there and say, Josh Herbert, Josh Herbert, Josh Herbert, or sorry, Justin Herbert. Um, I was reading someone with the name Josh, but Justin Herbert, Justin <laughs> Herbert, Justin Herbert. To me, I'm not as hot on Justin Herbert as everyone else is. I know that people are going to disagree with me. Um, there's a thing called a sophomore slump, and it's a very real thing. Um, and Daniel Jones had a sophomore slump last year, but in, with the new talent around him and new everything, he could be uh, a guy that is probably you don't want to pick, but a, a waiver wire kind of play. So that's all I've got in the speed round where I just named off mid-tier quarterbacks and late round flyers. So um, I'll toss this off over to Nick. Uh, who do you like from the quarterback perspective? Because I know you you went with uh, you went with your top five, but but give me some of the rest. Oh, oh, I'm coming back at you, man. I love Herbert. Um, I will also say when it comes to sophomore slumps, I mean Josh Allen didn't do too bad. I'll say. <laughs> um, no, I'm just playing, but um, I do think you know sophomore slump is definitely a thing. Um, but I just, I think Justin Herbert's going to play really well this season. I think, you know, he's a great guy, level-headed, does not let the ups and downs uh, really affect him that much just by who he is. And I know there's a lot of quarterbacks that have a lot of success with similar mindset as him. Um, I will also say that no one's really talking about another two-way guy outside of that top five is um, you're definitely taking a risk, but Jalen Hurts, I mean, he played great. And I think now, you know, I know there's a lot of Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts talk, um, but I mean, he could definitely be a guy that can do well. Um, and then speaking of Deshaun Watson, I know there's a lot of controversy with him. Um, if he does play, you know, he could be a phenomenal guy. He's always been a top quarterback every year. And um, I might be snagging this one, but I really like Dan Hill too. Um, Stafford's obviously, you, Bert, you just told, everyone about Stafford so I don't want to go into it love Stafford too but I've written five guys after the top five so um that's who I'll be rooting for or at least picking in my draft uh BK what about you um all right well man I'm on the ledge with you I love I love 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 Stafford this year love him I mean I, mm-hmm. I'm all about threat guys but I absolutely love Stafford um the question is how high is he going to pick him because I think he's going to do huge things that offense. So I'm all over him to go with a professional pocket quarterback. Love Stafford. Yeah, I'm with you on with you on Rodgers. He's still great. And you also got the big FU narrative to Green Bay. He's going to want to help his boy Adam show out too to get out of there. So I think they're in for big things. Um, one name we haven't mentioned yet, and Matt, as the Niners fan, he helped me out here, but if Trey Lance gets the uh, gets the nod, and you know he survives most of the year, let me let me just ramble off the last eight games of the Niners schedule. And guys, do me a favor: when we get to a good defense, stop me. Here we go: Jaguars, Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans. Then the last game is the Rams, but. Yeah, we're gonna stop you there. <laughs> so we want to get to that game. Those last seven games of the fantasy season for Trey Lance. I mean, based on last year's defense. Scary. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Look what Danahan has done with pretty trashy quarterbacks. 
I mean, if this guy is the real deal, and Matt, you tell us because you're the Niners fan, this sets up great for Lance, you know, this schedule. I'm sorry. You know what? Before the 49, before the Cardinals, he has the Bears, who aren't a very good defense. So, I mean, it, I I love the schedule. If the talent is there and if he, you know, can grasp the system, he's dual threat. I mean, yeah. Lance is a great name, I think. You know, I, I think that he's uh, – it'll be interesting to see when they'll bring him uh, to go ahead of Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo will probably be the starter in the beginning of the season. Um, but I will point out that Trey Lance, apparently the the film – that they, they track everyone's film on the iPad, like how much time they spend watching film. And Trey Lance is the leading in the locker room in terms of film watched. So you can tell that he's really getting prepared to be the guy. Um, everyone's hot on him in San Francisco. I agree with you. I, I, you know, I think he's really talented, and he's made some throws that not many people can make. I mean, the, the number one quarterback that we talked about and we all agreed upon, I've only seen him and Trey Lance make certain throws that, that those two can make. And there's probably some 49er bias in that, but I, th- I think he's the real deal. Um, I, I think he is worthy of the, the sleeper kind of picks. So to me, he's definitely the key, the QB that you stash on your bench. Like you go and get one of the guys that we named, you go get Stafford in, or Aaron Rodgers or one of those guys. And then you stash Trey Lance on your bench. Um, you, that would be a good way to go about it. But, um, yeah, I love him. I love him a lot. Um, I'd probably say he's going to win rookie of the year. You know, let me throw one more name out there for my my bias. I know Baker's got a low ADP. Okay, I think that's totally based on the perception of the Browns. Yeah, they run the ball a lot. You know what? They still pass the ball plenty, and they come out throwing. They and the the worry is that they're gonna they're actually gonna be good this year, and they're gonna be up in the fourth quarter, so they'll probably hammer Chubb. But Baker will get his throws early on. And without supporting cast that he's got, I, I think Baker is not a bad guy to have a late round flyer. I agree with you. I agree with that for sure. Um, I also think a late round flyer uh, outside of Baker is Sam Darnold. Let me know if I'm stepping on your toes, Nick. But uh, Sam Darnold in a new mm-hmm. offense with the new with McCaffrey and with his, you know Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. That seems like a pretty good fit for him. Yeah. While we're talking about Sam Darnold, let's turn it over to Daniel Jones, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. For the record, though. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I think you guys nailed on the head um, with all those guys. Uh, I, I, I know Trevor Lawrence is at 14. Um, Joe Burrow is at 13. Um, when you look at quarterback rankings, I think if you can get a backup, Trevor Lawrence – I think he can play very well. He hasn't looked fantastic in the preseason, but, you know, he could really do some damage, um, especially if him and Urban Meyer click uh, his rookie season. Um, but I'm, I might be going a little too deep just because I really like, you know, when you look at uh, number eight to like 12, I really like those guys. I would take Herbert. I would take Hertz. I would take Tannehill and I would take Stafford without a doubt. It's just where are they going to fall to me and who's going to take who first, um, depending on the draft. 
but I would say for me, I absolutely love Herbert. He's probably my favorite out of them. Uh, Stafford, you know, definitely a close second, but that's kind of where I'm at with everything. I'm, I don't think I'm going to run too deep. I really love that Trey Lance date. Um, especially, you know, you, you pick him up off waivers, maybe week six, if no one's had him. Oh boy, that could get really nasty. <laughs> you, that's a, that could be a league winner if he starts for sure. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm gonna burst your bubble. If he's starting, he's getting drafted. Yeah. Oh yeah. If he's, no, thing. I'm saying, I'm saying if, if he starts by, let's say week eight, um, because I, I don't know, like, I'm in, I don't know if he's going to start uh, week one. If he starts week one, he will obviously be drafted. But he, if Jamie Garoppolo is taking the reins and running with the first team for the first couple weeks, um, which in my opinion, I think that's where the Niners are leading to. I know, Matt, you would know a lot more than I would. But um, if he's going to take the back seat for a little bit and kind of take that starting spot midway through the season, which has happened before in instances, I think. Ooh, I think that's a, a deadly pickup. If you can get him, if he starts, I would definitely take him uh, and just stash him on your bench. I think he's worthy of being drafted. Uh, to, to me, mm-hmm. Jimmy's going to start week one, but Jimmy's got a short leash, and he has yet to really prove that he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really played a full season since he's been with the Niners. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, well, they're going to bring him on slowly. Like, obviously, you have some other names on this board, but if you're going to go and draft, um, you know, a, a player that could boom and you already got one of those top five quarterbacks, like you could just start week over week, you might as well pick, uh, you might as well pick Trey and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So that's just my thoughts on it. I also am curious about Justin Fields and if he's going to start. Um, I'm curious about that. I think we've named pretty much every quarterback that's worth mentioning <laughs> um, on this list. But uh, to me, I want to see if Joe Burrow is you know healthy. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is perfectly fine and capable to just sit on your bench and put in from week to week um, whether or not you want to draft him. So that that pretty much wraps up quarterback for me, unless you guys have anything else. Uh, I think Trey Lance is our dark horse, it sounds like. So I know we're wrong here, but I want to just a quick side conversation out of fantasy. Think about real football for a second. All right. Let's say we get some quarterback needy teams out there. Like I'm saying, the Deshaun Watson situation doesn't you know solve itself. Houston needs a quarterback. If Philly's not sold on Hurts, they need a quarterback. Um, maybe Minnesota. I guess I know they drafted Munn, but you get my – catch my drift. So yeah. you get a, a quarterback-need team out there. What do you think Garoppolo could fetch in a trade for the Niners? Probably exactly what they got him from New England, a second-round pick. I mean, if, if, if something comes up like that or we get a quarterback injury like we have, you know, we have with Sam Bradford a few years back – in Philadelphia, do they trade Garoppolo and just give the reins to Lance? Well, here's the funny thing is, is like if you've been paying attention to the camp at all, apparently Josh Rosen has made a comeback. Uh, and it, oh, it's, boy. It's being taught. I'm not even kidding you. I've, I've read several pundits mm-hmm. talk about this. I'm not even kidding you. I know it's just a bunch of hot air, but I'm just going to throw it out there. They like Josh Rosen. It's kind of crazy. So I, that's not out of the – where I'm kind of going after is like BK. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who, who loves Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen's on the Niners. No, he's on the Falcons. They, they picked him up. Oh, they got rid of him? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm wrong. Uh, poor Rosen. Poor Rosen. 
Poor Rosen. Did they, when did they get rid of him? Because I know he's on training camp with the Niners. It was recently. Cause I, I don't know. It might have been even Monday. I'm up, but it was really recently. Okay. So I, I picked him up. Well, I missed that news. My bad. I'm just gonna. <laughs> we're just gonna ignore that I said that. We this this is a nice way of saying hey, let's move into tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Rather than let's talk about the third string Niners quarterback or any other uh, what ifs, you know, situation. Oh, I think- it will be coming out. We'll, we love men price guys in DFS. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I do think I do think you you're onto something there, BK. They could trade Garoppolo. Uh, and he would fetch a second-round pick, in my opinion. But let's go into some tight ends. I mean, it's pretty clear-cut um, from a tight end's perspective in the, in the top five. Uh, the five spot is kind of where the, the debate comes in. So uh, anyone argue against Travis Kelsey at number one? Nope. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> anyone argue at Dyron Waller at number two? It can uh, be argued, I think... but I don't think. So. Ah, now we're okay. So, so let's do the top five outside of Kelsey. I'll, I'll go two Waller, three Kittle, and then number four. I'll go. Um, I I think that there's something going on with Mark Andrews. So, uh, Kyle Pitts and give me Logan Thomas at five. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, I'm probably yeah. I I would switch though. Um. I. I'm still not sold on Pitts. I would put Pitts uh, at six and Hawkinson at four, just because Detroit has absolutely nobody to throw to. Um, he's going to be at least, you know, a guy that Goff looks for in the end zone. And I know Goff likes his tight ends. Um, we've seen him really, really use Higby um, in a lot of situations and Everett. So I think TJ Hawkinson would definitely, I would take him at that four spot. And I'm with you, uh, Logan Thomas at five. All right. Yeah. So let's just get it out of the way. How much do we love Logan Thomas on this podcast? We've been saying it for a while. Love is an understatement. Well, love is an understatement. <laughs> you know, we, we would we would definitely, uh, if Logan Thomas said, you know, you guys can sponsor us on the podcast, we'd be like, no, it's for free, man. We love you so much. <laughs> we, we, we've already said all the stats about you. I'm sure you've already heard. Number one in routes ran as a tight end. Number one most snaps. And we've been saying all season last year, so Logan Thomas is is in our hearts. But uh, hey, BK, give me some give me some mid round flyers at tight end. Who do you got? Hey, what if uh, if Bridgewater gets the starting nod in Denver? Gotta love Noah Fant. You know, I think Bridgewater likes his tight ends. He likes he's that accurate intermediate thrower. Sets up great for Fant. Um, I. I think I don't know as much separation between the Patriots tight ends, whether John New Smith or Hunter Henry. Take your pick. Those guys, I mean, Walter Bolton will shine in that McDaniels offense up there. Um, we had a Jared Cook revival last year, so I wouldn't sleep on him in those mid rounds, maybe even later rounds. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that pretty much covers it for me. Who you got, Nick? Oh, you know, I was talking about this guy a little bit um, last year. You guys, I don't know how you guys were on him, uh, how you guys liked him, uh, but I seriously like Irv Smith at 11. Um, I know he's outside that top 10 if you're in a 10-man league. Um, he might be a guy you pick up, but uh, Kyle Rudolph is gone from that Minnesota offense, I'm pretty sure. And uh, tight ends were used a lot, at least in that offense. 
uh, when uh, when one tight end was on the field, they usually shined. Um, I think he can definitely break into that top 10. I think he'll be better than a couple of these guys in the top 10. I think he can even push his way up to eight if utilized correctly. But I think he's definitely a sleeper for me uh, when you do look at tight ends. Um, I, I definitely, you know, uh, I don't know if I can say this, but <laughs> Ingram um, at 15, I mean, he was utilized very well. He just never could freaking catch the ball. <laughs> so, I mean, ooh, that is a risky guy, but he can pan out. Um, I will say BK uh, week one, which we'll definitely be talking about in daily fantasy. I'm pretty sure Hunter Henry is out. I'm not positive, but I know he was injured in camp. Um, and I don't know if he'll be available for week one. So that's something to keep an eye on um, for New England. So, uh, but other than that, like I said, I, I think I would love to take Logan Thomas if I could. And I think that's <laughs> all our consensus. Uh, but if you were, to, if Logan Thomas did get taken, I'm stuck. I need to take someone. I really like Fant uh, later, and I really like Herb Smith. So let me push it back to you, Matt. Oh, man, you guys kind of went over all the names. Um, from a talent perspective, I think Gerald Everett might be a, an interesting kind of flyer and sleeper um, to at least have on your way over wire. Uh, Gerald Everett going to Seattle was kind of a big deal to me because he's he's actually really talented as a tight end and he's going to go and get an opportunity to go play in Seattle with Russell Wilson um, and how they've been so starved for a good tight end. I think he's going to get the opportunity to go and shine there. Um, I really like that one. Uh, outside of that, Austin Hooper, I think, is in a good spot. Um, Baker's going to – they're going to throw the ball. I mean, this I think we're, we're kind of undervaluing how good the offense is going to be for Cleveland. Uh, I know BK is BK can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not undervaluing that offense at all. And problem with Hooper is that you got Ninjoku and Harrison Bryant. They got three tight ends that all play, can all catch. So I think I think Hooper's a solid player. But for fantasy, I think you're hoping for a touchdown because I don't think he's gonna get the volume. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard because you guys said all the good names. I'm having to, I'm having to go through the barrel, you know. I, maybe Jared Cook might be an interesting one for the Chargers. Uh, now that he's headed over there, being the main guy, I think he's a good one. But if if I'm having to go into this deep uh, through the list outside of uh, Rob Gronkowski or anyone, man, Ooh. we should just move on. Let, let me, well, let me add real quick. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I totally looked over the status update on Jimmy Graham, but. Cole Komet was a beast when he played in Chicago. Um, when Jimmy Graham was off the field, he played well. Um, I think he's more of a DFS play, but you know what? If you're feeling just risky and you want a cool tight end to put on your bench to see if they can do anything, I think Cole Komet could be a really cool guy. Or you're playing in a league where there's 20 people. <laughs> so uh, either or, uh, I think, you know, he's definitely a sleeper for me too. Yeah, I'll throw one more out there. I know he was a DFS darling for at least one week last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, Robert Tanyan, you know, get some looks. Yeah. I'm trying to get the other wide receivers outside of Adams you know, are nothing special besides, you know, 45-year-old Randall Cobb, who, you know, Rogers has mm-hmm. been back there. So I think Tanyan is the clear alpha tight end for Green Bay. So you know, if, you're, if you're stuck, mm-hmm. you're dumping diving down there, down low, you can do worse than Tanyan. Yeah, you can do worse than that for sure. Uh, I mean, like, I think we, we hit the nail on the head for tight end. Um, to save us some time and the wrap up the show, 
Um, I think we should just do it very simply. Like, who cares about the kickers, really? Like, if you have a kicker on your team, you're you're gonna go and just get whoever, um, whoever you want. So let's do one uh, kicker that is a sleeper and one <laughs> kicker that is 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 really good, and then and then we'll do the same for defense. So uh, very simply, give me Young Ho Koo for Atlanta. I, I think he's the safe <laughs> pick. Work. <laughs> yeah, give give me that, and uh, and then the, if you wanted to go, I'll give Rodrigo Blankenship is is my risky one, um, and then as far as defenses, uh, obviously the L.A. Rams are the cream of the crop, um, but I I also really think that um, the Arizona Cardinals defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. So even though they did lose, uh, I think Patrick Peterson ended up going to the Vikings. That's kind of a big loss for them, but. For the most part, I think that they're they're kind of a would be a good flyer to take. And then I'll I'll let I think Nick Nick is is burning to answer this question of of the worst you know the last two rounds of the draft questions. Um, who do you like in these in this? Well, you know, at first, this is why I love slush fun and why everyone needs to tune in because this is what we do. No one else does this. We will talk about four strength kickers on this podcast if we have to. <laughs> we will but to answer your question i mean i can care less about a kicker like on my end like i'll I, maybe i'll take one in the last round but i i do like to take kickers um kind of like defenses too uh i don't know if you know you guys agree with me everyone has their own draft strategy but you know if i have to take one i think i've taken like robbie gould the last like three seasons and i've been just fine <laughs> um but other than that, you know, just because I'm on this Chargers offense, I'll go Bagley, um, who struggled. But, you know, I don't care. He's going to do well. If, if he doesn't do well, I'm going to replace him the next week. So we'll see. <laughs> and then give me the two defenses. Don't forget about that. Well, let's, let's, let, let's let BK. BK, you got any kickers for us? I mean, kicker, you're looking for a high-powered offenses or good weather kickers. So, yeah, you know, high point offense. You know, you got the obvious. You know, Harrison Bucker, Justin Tucker, and God, I'm looking down this list for a sleeper. And I'm <laughs> only going to say this one because he's younger than me, but has more gray hair than me. Mason Crosby. Yeah, <laughs> that guy knows how to kick, and they score some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, stuff. that's a good one. All right, give me the defenses. I gave you my two. Give me the Rams and uh, give me give me the the Cardinals. You're in the Vikings, actually. I'll go Vikings. Take that back. Give me the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Steelers. I mean, they created so many turnovers last year and had so many points. I think they were like his, an historically good defense outside that Patriots defense too. Oh boy. Um, I I mean, I'm gonna keep it simple. Steelers and Buccaneers. I think Buccaneers looked deadly the last half of the season. I just, you know, it, it, defense isn't going to change for me um, unless you're you pick a top defense. I, I like switching defenses every week. But BK, what do you think? Well, BK, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to sway you in any way, but we are pretty big uh, fanboys of the the WFT. So you, you can pick whoever, <laughs> whoever you want, whoever <laughs> thinks good. But we are pretty I mean, big fanboys of them. Good. You know, get the get those sacks this year. I mean, they could rack up the sacks. That D line is loaded, but I actually like Buffalo's defense. You know, not mm. just because they just did 
dirty things to the Bears this past week with their backups. I think that Bills defense is solid. They're going to they're going to score a ton of points on offense, so they're going to be able to tee off on quarterbacks. So I love that Bills that Bills defense, and I, I'm going Homer on the D, on the sleeper defense. Browns have nine new starters. They have the 29th easiest schedule in, in the league based on projections for 2021. I mean, the Chiefs are probably going to smoke them the first week because you have all these new guys coming together. But with that easier schedule and all this talent getting to mesh throughout the year, Clowney and Garrett on the edge rushing, I think the Browns are going to do some things. And they're going to, and again, they should be winning a lot of their games so they could have a chance to tee off towards the end as well. The Bills for the my high end, the Browns for my sleeper. All right, now let's go to IDPs. Just kidding. No one wants to talk now, about the defensive I, players. Well, I gotta add. I gotta add. Uh, while BK's talking about his team, I seriously think the Giants' defense. Um, they've been a great defense last year. They were the only thing that kept us in the game ever was our defense. But I think they're a very disciplined defense. Um, Joe Judge is a very good coach when it comes to discipline. You saw what happened in that giant shuffle. I think he ran until they dropped. Um, but if you're going to take a sleeper defense, you know what? You, you know I'll be talking about my Giants defense come DFS time. Min, min salary, we're ready to go. Oh, God. We, we got ended. <laughs> Nick's talking about the New York Giants defense. It's time to wrap this up. Oh, we, yeah. We, we went a little bit too overboard if that's the case. So Oh, no. Um, never. I, I think we just gave some really great content. Um, it's a long hour and a half. You should be prepared for your draft, maybe even overly prepared, but when is that ever a bad thing? Um, but yeah, I wanted to say thank you to BK and Nick for taking the time uh, on slash fun sports. And, and, you know, wanted to say we got a lot of really good content coming up this season for DFS. Um, and these guys are going to be around. So, we're excited to be here and we're excited to give you our picks and we're excited to bring you all the best content that we can when it comes to DFS and fantasy football. So um, unless you guys got anything else, give me uh, one sentence about a draft strategy for this 2021 season. And then we'll end it on that. All right. And then yeah, I'll go my, uh, my buzzwords opportunity cost. I think, Get your clear alpha receivers, your clear alpha tight ends. Go get them. Get your running backs, second, third, fourth round. There's a lot of volume. Nick? Yeah, I mean, value. That That's going to be my one key word. If you can make sure you're not taking guys too early um, and not letting guys slip that have good value. So I, I, that's my one-liner. Yeah, I'd say don't, don't draft a wide receiver early. Um, and then uh, one name, Kanye Gut Feeling. It's how we sh- end all shows. I know I said let's end on the last little <laughs> draft strategy, but it, it's not a slush fun sports podcast. So we don't get the Kanye Gut Feeling. So give me my Kanye Gut Feeling, Miles Garrett, or sorry, Miles Gaskin. Um, but yeah, give me Kanye Gut Feeling, just a name, no explanation. I mean, I'll, I'll go for it. Um, I think Justin Herbert is going to break the top three. Kanye, no, no explanation needed. There was an explanation. I just said I think he's going to break the top three this year. All right. All right. Mine, Robert Woods. Ooh, ooh, I like it. And on that note, we'll see you guys during the season. Good luck on your drafts. Thank you, BK. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. 
And My pleasure. Luck. Luck. Slush fund is out. We're out. <laughs>